Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always Always Use your head You are now listening to ChairShot Radio Always Use Your Head You know what that means? Fulham got relegated, and it was all—it <laughs> was all because of Burnley, my home team, put down the beast of of Fulham. Yes, and it's been a great day today. AEW in the mud—you love to see it. Well, no, not not specifically AEW because he—that's the new toy. That's the toy he's playing with now. The the old toy, the Fulham. The the woody the woody doll that's in the mud and you love to see it. Anyway, it's uh it's time for a bit of midweek Wednesday. Uh, how are you today, Rance? I'm hilarious. <laughs> I'm in hilarity right now. I am laughing my proverbial ass off. That is hilarious. It's um, ironic. Very very ironic. Incredibly ironic that that just... AEW. Uh, are doing so well, getting million uh, million viewers a week, and yet the football team that that Tony Khan um, owns is absolutely in the shit. Well, it just kind of goes to show you when you're like over three professional sports teams leagues, they're not all going to do good. <laughs> I don't think that's really possible. Yeah, and not only that, it, it shows first of all money can't always buy your class. Uh, because uh, Fulham, uh, Fulham have been in a relegation battle all season. Uh, I don't think they've been, ever been in the top half of the division. And two, um, that that he didn't care. Once he's got a new project, he didn't care about the, about Fulham, uh, and that's why the, the the majority of the fans absolutely hate him. Well, that's interesting you say that because his American toy. Am I talking about AW the Jaguars? 
Um, and he's not the general manager. He's like the chief business officer or something. But ultimately, like, he's making a, a bunch of the decisions in some form or fashion. Um, but he hired uh, American guys. I know this guy. But he hired a very controversial yet super successful coach by the name of Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is one of the best college coaches of all time. But Urban Meyer has – he kind of does this thing where he has – so he has health problems and he'll go so hard and so long and then he'll have to re- have to quit or retire because his health gets too crazy. But he also most recently was in a major scandal at, at Ohio State University where um, there was some sort of abuse by one of his um, assistant coaches, one of his head assistant coaches, oh, wow. abused his wife or something. And he knew about it and didn't say anything. And. He wasn't culpable, but he basically could have stopped it and did something, and he chose not to because he was looking out for his friend and got a bit of a bad reputation on that. Anyway, great football coach, but he's also kind of, as you'll know, a lot of college coaches are very control, much control freaks. Mm-hmm. So that's why normally when major college coaches come over, they'll sometimes give them personnel power because they're so used to having it all. And uh, so it works out because you don't have to do so much because Urban's going to do a whole bunch of that. But so to add to the hilarity of the day, uh, Fulham, I couldn't remember the damn name, got relegated and the Jaguars signed Tim Tebow. Uh, Now, I've not been a a huge American football fan. Uh, That's a name I do know. Uh, I, I assume he's a quite an old player as well because he's been going a long while. Tim Tebow was 34 and Tim Tebow got 33, 34? 33 because yeah, Jesus died at 33 and the joke is that Jesus came back at 33 and so did Tebow. Uh, (laughs) But he's not signed to play quarterback because the world knows he's he's not an NFL quarterback. He got signed to play a brand new position, tight end. The reason he got signed one, he's from Jacksonville. Two, you know who his college coach was? The guy you were just talking about, and I don't Ur- know the name of. Urban Meyer. Wow. So, so does he uh, get game time? It is, would, would, would you say he gets game time? I, they'll throw him in just because it's too popular. He's Tim Tebow's too popular of a name to be a backup. That's the reason why his career ended. Keep it a buck. Because he could have played 10 years. He's not a great quarterback, but he's a football player. He makes plays. The reason he got fired, or not fired, but the reason he was done with the league and nobody wanted to sign him anymore was because he got traded to the Jets. When he got traded to the Jets, he was he was brought in to be the third-string quarterback. And his press conference was bigger than the coaches. Okay. And the co- in, in football, the ideology is, if your if your talent is worth more than your headache, then we'll deal with you. If your headache is worth more than your talent, I can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And Tim Tebow is not a bad person, and he's not a headache as a, as a player. But all the rhetoric around him, yeah, is the headache. So didn't make any sense. Oh dear, uh, but it's back home now, though. So a lot of that headache will just be uh, brushed under the carpet. I would assume then. Oh no, it's gonna be worse. It's gonna be worse. It's gonna be worse. <laughs> wow. For for a myriad of reasons, most notably because 
the whole reason we keep hearing that Colin Kaepernick isn't back in the league is because well, many ain't played in so long. Tebow ain't played longer than Kaepernick has. Wow. So yeah, that's one of many reasons. Anyway, long story short, your boy Tony having a week. Yep, and I mean it wasn't that long ago that he uh, he was on Twitter um, talking as the Fulham owner, saying that they were struggling to sign players as well. So looks like uh, as an owner, he's not got the best uh, uh, the best decisions in in getting players into his teams. So basically, you're telling me Fulham isn't going to make it to the next Super League. Oh well, they would never have done that anyway. Fulham are now, Fulham are now a division below where they they were. I mean, you you guys don't really have relegation in, in NFL, but essentially, um, being in the Premier League makes or breaks clubs, um, and they'll now lose hundreds of millions uh, of pounds of income from not being in that league. So basically. They when they start signing some more people for AW, they're gonna start lowballing people because they gotta make that Fulham money back. Well, what what the what Fulham will probably do now is sell all their good talent and and anyone who's not making it on dark or elevation may be brought in to be a footballer. <laughs> Can you imagine Pac and Helico <laughs> as strikers? Can you imagine that? Lucasaurus as a keeper. Yeah, Lou chose as a centre back. He'd be good at a centre back. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'd watch that. I'd I'd watch Fulham <laughs> then. I guarantee you, I would watch him. Um, so yeah. So yes, welcome to midweek mainstay. Sorry, guys. We did. He, the word cheeky has never been more apropos than right now. Mags is very happy, but that's Mags. I'm Ray. Um, happy Thursday once again. Um, you had some other AEW stuff you wanted to mention before we get into my NXT bowler. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and uh, talk to yeah, the it's, um, a, a bit of news that came across the wrestling uh, Twitter sphere today. Uh, AEW is back on the road with live ticketed events in Miami, Austin, and Dallas. So uh, they've rescheduled uh, some shows that uh, they were looking to go uh, on tour, obviously, before the pandemic. Uh, uh, wrecked the world and yeah they've uh, announced that on july the 7th they will be in uh miami the james l Knight center then uh july the 14th the heb uh center in cedar park austin and then mm-hmm. the week after the 21st the curtis colwell center in garland texas which apparently is the great greater dallas, dallas area yeah dallas um so yeah uh it whether it was being timed uh, to to kind of um, get out before WWE, because we've all heard the rumours that uh, WWE are looking for SummerSlam to be their kind of big uh, kickoff back to, to live crowds again, uh, hoping for a, a, a full event with SummerSlam. Uh, obviously, this is coming a month before, uh, but it's good news for... For um, AEW fans outside the Florida area, that they're gonna they're gonna have chance to to see AEW. But just interesting that all this AEW uh, happy news has come out, and then on the other side of the pond, uh, the, the 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 toy you had before AEW is is absolutely in the shit. And then also we saw videos of Tony Khan. Uh, just I mean, <laughs> I mean. 
Blood and Guts has been ravaged. I'll 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 fully admit that. But I actually enjoyed it. I thought the match itself was was a really good match. And Sammy Guevara, for all his faults, was uh, he was a star in that match. He was so so good. If MJF versus Sammy Guevara isn't that double or nothing, they tripping because yeah. that is a match to sell a show. Yeah, I mean, he's Sammy Guevara put his body on the line for that show, and yep. I think he comes out as the, as a huge star. But obviously, the the ending. Uh, kind of like uh, it, it got a lot of people's backs up, and I can see why it kind of like takes you out of the reality uh, of, of wrestling. Uh, but aside from that, maybe 30 40 seconds of what happened, I thought the match was really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was an interesting take on on oh, oh, <coughs> war games style match. Um, but yeah, the the there was a lot of backlash that. It wasn't actually a fully live event. Uh, Tony uh, apparently had to give some uh, refunds back. I think they said there was five refunds because it was only the blood and guts match that was live because apparently AEW didn't realise you couldn't pre-build uh, the cage and hang it in, in Daly's place because there was nowhere to hang it. Um, it's, a, it's an open-air amphitheatre. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So... The first hour of the show that we saw was pretty much all pre-recorded, uh, and he told the crowd uh, beforehand this. But the interesting thing is the video um, for someone who's the face of the of backstage of AEW and, and kind of like the the owner of the company trying to be the Vince McMahon of AEW. He he just comes across as so nervous and. Um, he, he couldn't get his words out. He was stumbling. He was repeating himself so many times. He was afraid. He was yeah. afraid. Of being in front of a mat without a script. Yeah, it was really, well, really weird. Not just that. He was afraid of... He, he is very much in the in the vein of the Bucks and Kenny. And that he's afraid of, of backlash. Mm-hmm. He was afraid the crowd was going to turn on him. Because yeah, I mean, when he started clapping, he literally says, thank you guys for that. Because that let him feel like, oh, I'm not about to get destroyed. And and the thing with AEW fans is that you could literally take a shit on them and they would accept it right now because AEW can do no wrong. Uh, yep. But he must be realising that the, the tad is slowly turning and they're getting critiqued the way that a lot of other companies get critiqued because he was panicky. He was real, and I if I didn't know better, I would have thought he was. Uh, he was cocaine up to the eyeballs, allegedly. I will say allegedly because there's no evidence of that. But he it lo- looked that kind of reaction where he couldn't finish his sentences. But again, going back to the the uh, blood and guts, I enjoyed the match. Thought it was really good. Uh, all the guys did well. Uh, just shoddy camera work for the finish for me. You know, it's funny you you mentioned about uh, Tony being kind of cognizant of more and more. I don't want to call it backlash yet because it's not there yet, but more and more criticism. Mm-hmm. Well, he, I can tell you one particular uh, scenario and that he's openly admitted he's aware of it. At first he came out, I believe that this is, some of this is probably on Busted Open, some, some, some of this is on some other interviews and whatnot, but he was talking about how he wanted to do full-on intermissions on pay-per-views. Like, like old-school intermission types. And um, and then I guess Blood and Guts happened and some other shows have happened. And now he's people were upset about a lot of stuff. And he now he's like, yeah, people ain't too happy about that. I don't think we're going to do that anymore. We'll probably just do video packages. Mm-hmm. Like he's starting to see 
Well, and I, if I can give the man credit for one thing. Tony has shown a, a, a complete awareness and, and being okay with pivoting when he needs to pivot. Yeah, give him credit absolutely. for that. Um, to the Blood and Guts match real quick. 80% of the match was really good. Um, I don't like that the commercials took away from the flow. Like, you should never not yeah. see an entrance in and that kind of match. We were uh, over on this side of the pod. We were quite lucky because with the Fat TV, um, oh, you see the uh, Fat Plus, right. we, we, the camera stays on, but we know where the commercials are because you can see where the, the talent are delaying. Um, like the bit with uh, Jericho climbing the, the stanchion of the, of the uh, cage. It took him forever, and you could tell that that must have had commercials there because he was he was pausing to the crowd and waving to people, and and I mean, a fifty year old man should have been able to climb that so much quicker. So you can see where the match was slowed down for the commercials, but it didn't really take me out of the out of enjoying it so much. It was just the the poor camera work on on the. The visual on the the finish, and more as well was the leaps that that people on social media were oh were, my God, were saying. Yeah. Um, and the first one I picked up on, and I'm not saying he was the first person to say it, but the first one I picked up on was WrestleMania. He said that if you hated this finish, that means you must have wanted Chris Jericho to fall onto bare concrete and. Apart from the people <laughs> using that as a as kind of like uh, the crutch to lean on, I didn't see anybody saying they wanted uh, Jericho to fall onto concrete. All they were saying was it the finish looked poor, and it did because you had uh, you had metal plate that was printed onto cardboard. You had a big crash mat, and yeah, we all know WWE uses crash mats. Everybody uses crash mats, but you had it with camera angles. Uh, I think I, I saw a lot of comparisons to when uh, Steve Blackman and uh, Shane McMahon had their match, and you could see where Shane falls. Uh, and the way they hid that was they had the, the, the camera panned out wide, so it didn't look as bad. Uh, what mm-hmm. AEW did wrong was they had it focused right in. So as soon as Jericho hits, you see the cardboard crumple. You know that it's it's a, a massive crash pad underneath. And then the camera focused on his face, and he's, and he's there winking and smiling and then notice the camera and goes up oh, up oh, yep I'm I'm knocked out it was that was the that was the issue but nobody was wishing death on Jericho that was just a, a, a weird leap you saw people using to defend uh how the finish went and yeah it was for me I enjoyed the match like I said just that, a poor finish that's all that's how you know when you are transitioning from fan to sickle fan mm-hmm yeah. And and that's not that's not a diss to anybody personally. It's just when when something is so egregiously bad, I'm not even gonna say bad, so egregiously out of place, mm-hmm. right? I'm not even gonna call it bad because it wasn't bad. It was it was bad camera work, sure, but it was just out of place because it it just wasn't didn't look right. Uh, Shayna Baszler had the best takes on it I've ever I've seen of out of all of it was that she said in Game of Thrones, nobody expects for real dragons to burn actual, to spit fire and burn actual neighborhoods and, and villages. But if we're watching it on TV and it looks bad, we're going to say something. Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't just the crash. The crash That was the most egregious moment. But all of the 
called spots. Jericho's literally telling MJF to do stuff, where to go do stuff on screen. You see Jericho taking the blade out of yeah. his wristband and handing it to MJF. You see, him directing the, you see him directing the referee. So it's like, again, I know, and I I completely am with people like to use the magic, um, the magic analogy. I, I know it's I know it's not real, but I don't want to see how the trick is done. <laughs> right? I know that wrestling is a scripted entertainment spectacle. But I don't and I don't know how you do it. I've been in the ring, I've taken a bump, I've run the ropes, I know how it's done. But I don't want to see how it's done yeah. while it's live on television. Yeah. And so and and this is your biggest match. Right? This is supposed to be there's no match that gets bigger than this. That's supposed to be. At least from a team standpoint. Mm-hmm. So if you take away all the other stuff, I can't because I'm a details guy. If you take away other stuff, the in ring the in ring brawl was really good. I'm not I don't need think that much blood needs to be needs to be there, but you know, whatever it is, it's you know but other otherwise it was it's a fun match. It's just yeah. it's ruined for those three things. The the camera angle from the crash, the camera angles on the the blading and the spots, and, and the missing the entrances. Yeah, it, it, that just killed yeah. the whole match for me. The, the last couple of points I've got on it is, uh, like I said, Sammy looked like an absolute star. The, he really was putting his body on the line. I mean, even his performance wasn't perfect. There was a, a botch on, on, the, on the ropes, but the stuff he was doing was phenomenal. Wardlow looks like a future world champion. That guy was an absolute beast, and I think he was the only one who didn't end up bleeding, which is interesting. Um, and then the last thing, uh, and again, I'm going to slate uh, wrestling social media, uh, Shotzi Blackheart put uh, a comical little uh, <laughs> gif of her uh, falling on her bed, poking a little bit of fun. The, the AW stands in her comments were disgusting. Vile yep. and disgusting, not even human beings, animals, uh, wishing death on her, calling her, uh, calling her stuff like a slut, uh, uh, basically hoping that the next time she does a, uh, a suicide dive that she botches and she, she um, injures herself. It's a fucking wrestling show. It's an entertainment show. She was poking a little bit of fun. She probably knows, she probably has the phone numbers and, and texts the people Involved in the match on a regular basis. These people know each other. We know that. You've got to realise. Stop simping for this for a company. Stop being a, a simp for the company. These wrestlers are friends at the end of the day. And you're there wishing death on one of them because she had the audacity to poke fun at your favourite company. Get a fucking laugh. And the goal of AEW fans to take umbrage when everything done on their program is to make fun of or attack the WWE. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't even need to, we don't even need to dignify that further with any more talk because uh I feel like a week is almost it's almost been a week. Well, a week now has passed. And a lot of those people have egg on their face and I I want I wanted to see more of some AEW people take a hard stance on that and say, hey, we love you all as fans, but that shit ain't, ain't gonna fly. They didn't. I didn't yep. expect them to. I would have liked to have seen it, but it is what it is. 
Um, but on to Devil or Nothing. I think Devil or Nothing is going to probably be a good show. I don't like that they basically gave away who's going to be fighting Kenny. I don't. I didn't like that. They could have just let the match be the match, but whatever. Um, it plays off the fact that Orange Cassidy is one of the hottest uh, people in the company right now. That's why. It does, man, but you just buried Pac. You yeah. buried him by putting him over, if that makes or, sense. Or do you swerve it and have Pac absolutely decimate Orange Cassidy? Well, look, <laughs> I, that's how I would want to see it because as no diss Orange Cassidy. I'll never be a fan of his, but I, I get it. I get what I get why he's over. Doesn't do anything for me, but I get it. And when he actually decides to wrestle, the kid can go. Um, but Orange Cassidy versus Kenny being the marquee match of a pay-per-view does nothing for me. And Kenny will give him a great match because Kenny it, gives people great matches. But it, It's a placeholder match. It's the yeah. Cesaro versus uh, Roman Reigns style match. We know he's not going to pull it off, but we'll get a good match out of it. Do we, though? You think Cesaro's winning the title? I think... Cesaro oh. has the best shot possible Stop to win the, that. Let me noise. tell you, I know it sounds ridiculous, and I am a Roman Reigns stand. I preach at, I, I eat at the table that that Roman Reigns is ahead of. I get it, but Jimmy just came back. There is trouble afoot in the family. I'm just saying, anything's possible. And Cesaro is as Cesaro is as we like to say down in the South, hot as fish grease. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't see it. I, I see Reigns having a way. I, I want him to have an Okada level room. I want him to be. Um, I mean, they, they hinted at uh, Seth Rollins being the next guy after Cesaro. Um, I want him to even beat Cesaro. I, I want him. I want it to be the Rock. The, the one that, that comes in and says, you're not the head of the table. I'm the head of this table and takes that, that belt off him. Here's the problem, because that's what the goal is or what I want the goal to be too. But we got to wait two goddamn years because they're going to Dallas this year. Then they're going to L.A. next year. And you know it's only going to be in L.A. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't do that. In, unless, the Rock wants, unless the Rock wants to be responsible for the house in Dallas, unless he wants to be responsible for 100000 but I just I just see the L.A. thing is too perfect because it's a brand new football stadium and they're going to be kind of breaking that in from a wrestling standpoint. One, they can get one hundred thousand probably in that stadium with wrestle with with, you know, on being on the floor. Mm-hmm. And Rock is now lives in L.A. You can put him in the Hall of Fame the day before this is his last match. It's just too much perfect. I agree, and I think it, Rock versus Roman will be uh, will be in LA, but I can see Roman. I mean, I can see him dropping the title uh, for maybe a couple of months at a time, but I, I do think he'll be a long term champion and and have that title uh, going into uh, WrestleMania thirty nine or whatever it'll be. So think about it, legitimately. Now, again, this is coming from a rain stand. Roman loses to Cesaro because Jimmy. And Jay mess up some kind of way. Cesaro holds that bad boy until he gets his rematch with Roman at SummerSlam. Also at SummerSlam, we get Jay versus Jimmy. Reigns wins the title back at SummerSlam and continues to hold it for God knows however long until eternity. 
you have made Roman that much more dangerous because you know he's going to be a beast trying to get that thing back. You've added to the story of Roman, Roman and Jay and Jimmy and given them something to do because Roman got to focus on the family. And you've made Cesaro. That, Cesaro's already Hall of Fame. Winning the title off of Roman in this run, Cesaro's going to be first ballot. Mm-hmm. You help everybody. I mean, it, it would be cool to see Cesaro finally at the top of that tree, especially after so many uh, wrestling fans have, have stand for him uh, for so yeah. long. Um, for him to end his career without uh, one of those, without a world title, would be a damn shame. Uh, I just can't right. see it. This, this Roman right now is the very, is the best thing to watch on WWE programming. I agree. And that's why he's not getting beat by Cesaro. He's losing because he gets distracted. If it was just straight up, Roman walked into WrestleMania with 25,000 people booing him and beat two of the 15 best ever. And he smashed them. He stacked them. He pinned them and walked out. Mm-hmm. Ain't no way Cesaro can handle that right now. Until you consider Jimmy, Jay, and old Seth Rollins kind of hanging around. He back in the picture, isn't he? There's a lot mm-hmm. going on. I'm just saying. Yeah. A lot going on. I'm pretty sure Seth would rather Cesaro be champ than Roman because Seth knows he could beat Cesaro. I don't know if <laughs> Seth knows he could beat this Roman. One more question I want to ask you, then we're going to get to the bowler. One more quick question. Um, Shout out to my big homie, Booker T. Last night, or Sunday night, I'm sorry, was Booker T night on A&E. They're, they had the... Um, documentary about Booker T, and they had his the, the most wanted tre- treasure show with Booker T. There has been some controversy today from that show. I haven't seen it yet. It's recorded. I haven't seen it yet. But apparently they recorded a lot of content on the WrestleMania 19 ch- World Heavyweight Championship match between him and Triple H. Because if you remember, the rhetoric and the story behind it was because Booker T was a, a former jail, it was, he was formerly in jail, because Booker T was black, people like him shouldn't be world champions, yeah. right? And then Booker T didn't win the feud to get the comeuppance to show the heel his wrong. Well, they WWE pulled it, and they didn't show put that part in the documentary. Oh. So my question to you is, how did you feel when you watched the, sh- the show initially? How did you feel in that moment? And Knowing now in hindsight that when they finally gave him a documentary, and they've given, he's had multiple, but I mean, just this one in particular, they pulled it. How does that make you feel about WWE's kind of thin skinnedness, if you will? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember at the time being um, shocked that the, the, uh, the Booker didn't uh, win all the storyline led to a Booker win and even uh, being um, a white male, you could sense the the kind of racial undertones of that storyline. Uh, like I said, we had the, the you people talking uh, and obviously uh, it was played off as linking back to Booker being a, being um, a, a former jailmate and then coming good and being at the, the biggest show in, in wrestling. But you can still sense that 
a middle-aged white man as the champion talking to uh, a proud black man saying the you people the the racial undertones are there for all to see so the booking surely should have been that booker avengers um in uh, well booker beats the uh, triple h and 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 proves that uh someone like booker t can make it to the top someone can have a bad starting laugh and still uh come out of it on the other side and and be able to achieve all they wanted and also it would have made a great statement as a as a, a proud black man that he was able to be the champion on the biggest stage uh of of, of the wrestling world so mm-hmm. the booking always felt incredibly weird to me that Triple H came out on top, and I understand that over over the years Triple H has as uh, his win loss record at, at WrestleMania has been he's put a lot of guys over, but oh, this yeah. was this was one person who he should have put over. The story meant it should have gone over. Um, in terms of uh, WWE pulling uh, the show, I, we don't get uh, A&E over here in, in, in the UK, so I wasn't even really aware that uh, this documentary... They didn't pull the show, made. they just pulled the part. Yeah, pulled that segment. Um, yeah. I think... Uh, I don't know whether so much it's a, a case of WWE being thin-skinned. Um, I think it's more a case of them wanting to avoid uh, dragging that controversy back up. Um, because I, I can't for um, the I can't I don't want to think that WWE intentionally booked that storyline to be racist. I, I hope to God that that's not the case. Um, so I can understand uh, why they wouldn't want that being brought up. But the fact is, you can't change history, and uh, if you kind of try and ignore history, you are forever doomed to repeat that history. Um, so it would have it would have uh, come across better if they held their hands up as a company and said, "Yep, uh, we made some decisions that, uh, in hindsight, were not the right, uh, right uh, way to go. Uh, we uh, apologise for that, and we will try and do better to try and hide it and and act like it never happened." And, and we all know WWE uh, are good at revising history uh, as and when it suits suits the company, but this is something that that rather than uh revise and hard this is something that you learn from this is something that you 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 made uh, an egregious error in uh in using uh, the casual racism as part of a storyline and you don't you don't do you don't do that again but you also don't hide it because it's there to learn from for the next generation of, of wrestling bookers so yeah it's a, a weird one I'd, I'd be interested to to be able to actually watch that documentary and, and and um and and see uh why that's why they felt that that part needed to be cut out um yeah it's weird so first let me say there've been four there've been four of them they've they've had uh Stone Cold was the premiere and they had Roddy Piper Macho Man and then Booker T this week and they've been great but they've been controversial in a way because like for Stone Cold they didn't talk about his domestic violence abuse but they did talk about him not being a good father and being gone all the time. I heard uh, rumblings of that. Um, yeah. That again, covering up history. The fact is that Austin made a lot of mistakes in his life. Uh, he admitted that. He said it on on there too, but he didn't go in detail. Yeah, I, I, I don't like the fact that you you're covering up history. You're covering up people's mistakes. You learn from your mistakes. You don't hide the mistakes. I don't get it. 
Well, I agree with you, but it's interesting because on the other foot, and I'm going to get to my Booker T thoughts in a minute. On the other foot, people thought that uh, the Roddy Piper, some of not so much Roddy, some of it was, but definitely the Macho Man um, documentary was just nothing but pot shots. <laughs> and a lot of that came from the fact that Macho was not here to say his piece, number one. And number two, most of the people who were in the documentary, like Bubba the Love Sponge was on the documentary. What the fuck you got to do with Macho Man? <laughs> like there's huh. one particular portion of the show that he could have been on. And that was towards the end with the feud between him and Hogan when they were old men out of wrestling. Other than that, I don't need Bubbly Lumpus Sponge to tell me about Macho Man and Elizabeth. You didn't know. You never knew him. So are these WWE produced programming or is it A and E produced programming? They are a co-venture. It's it's A and E is doing it, but WWE is a producer and has some creative control. So mm-hmm. now so it's 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 very pro WWE then. I wouldn't say it's very pro WWE because they talk about some really, really dark parts and some this isn't Dark Side of the Ring. Let's just keep that. This mm-hmm. isn't that. Dark Side of the Ring is completely away and devoid of WWE content from the company. It's all just the people. Mm-hmm. But it it's <clears throat> it's almost a perfect marriage in a way of it feels like WWE, the reason they're working with WWE or the reason they're a producer is to get the footage and then to also say, hey, there's something you don't want to talk about, we won't talk about it, like the, like the Booker T. Triple yeah. H thing. Yeah. By and large, they go into it. They talked about uh, how Macho Man, Gorgeous George talked about how she beat him, how he beat, how he beat her. Mm-hmm. They, they alluded to the fact that they thought Macho Man was beating Elizabeth and, how, and w- why the real reason Elizabeth left. Like so, they 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 Lex Luger basically admitted I didn't kill Elizabeth, but I had something to do with it because I got her on drugs, Mm -hmm. or I let her do drugs around me. Like they really talk about stuff, but you also know too if they don't want something. Like I know Vince probably said we can't talk about Stone Cold beating Deborah, so we're not gonna talk about that. And if I'm honest, Austin probably would have talked about it because he's never been a closed book. He's in a good place in his life with his new wife. You know, he's always been an honest dude. But, I, you know, anyway, quick thoughts on Booker T. We're going to take a break. But my quick thoughts on Booker T are this. As when I was watching it, you said that you didn't think they should have gone the route of the casual racism. I think they should have. The reason I think they should have is because I have I have I'm always for in a storytelling device. Sometimes you have to talk about the dirty stuff. Like the Jeff Hardy, the Jeff Hardy Shameless storyline, in my opinion, was a fantastic storyline because you got to show the darkness to see the light sometimes. Mm-hmm. That storyline was to show a lot of addicts get treated like that because they'll never be treated like a normal person again because of what they did in the past. And Jeff had to show his redemption. The problem with the storyline is Booker just didn't get over. The good guy didn't win. And I, so you said you hoped that WWE didn't book that that way. I hope they did, but I think they did it because if they didn't, they that's why they're, they're so ashamed of it now because I think in hindsight they realized, ooh, we shouldn't have done that. Much like when DX dressed in blackface. At the time, it was hilarious. I watched it and was laughing. In hindsight, shouldn't have did that and x-pac has come out and like 
he's talked. He he said he's he's come out and said I've called Mark Henry, I've called D'Lo, I've called uh, Godfather, I've called Farouk, I've called Rocky, I've apologized because I didn't know what I was doing back then. I didn't even think about it. Um, so I, I that's why I think that they didn't plan it. That's why I'm pretty confident in saying that that wasn't the plan or the goal. It just kind of happened. Now I don't know if Triple H had his own ideas. Because Hunter's shown he'll do anything for the good of the story. I mean, he fucked a, a corpse. How dare you call Steph Newman a corpse? Ah, I'm glad you went that route, not the other one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Midweek Mainstay. Um, we're going to take a quick break, but while we're taking a break, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash the chair shot and embark in some of this fantastic content. This past week was Mother's Day. We have Father's Day coming up in a few weeks. And then in July, we're going to have Big Fish Day. But in <laughs> anyway, buy a shirt for you, for your loved ones, for your mom, your dad, for that big fish in your life. And help support your boys here and your girls at thechairshot.com, where you always use your head. And it, all this doesn't mean slogans. We'll say them at the end of the show. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I feel like I should have some poppy music to pop in right now to bring back for the NXT Bowler because, you know, poppy is like... <laughs> Michael Jackson in the NXT right now. I don't get it. I'm just an old, old man. I don't get the fascination with Poppy. So are you still jamming Sex Pistols, Sex Pistols anthems and stuff? <laughs> I've actually only got a couple of Sex Pistols tracks on my Spotify playlist. Thank you very much. Who's your favorite artist? Or um, an artist you... Better get an artist you listen to a lot. Because favorite is hard. Okay. So... Yeah, I, I go through phases of, of artists. I've got uh, a lot of uh, Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Uh, I've got I've got some The Verve. Um, the Verve, okay. That's uh, a throwback. Yeah, I'm I'm old. I'm old as fuck. I've got uh, Smiths, The Smiths, uh, some Beatles. Yeah, quite a lot. Jay Z. I'm quite eclectic. I'm with you. You know who's been on my mind and what's been in my ear a lot. Uh, Recently this weekend, I've been on I've been on a lot of Earth, Wind, and Fire, like old school stuff like that. But the Killers have been in my mind a lot. I keep hearing Killers songs, okay. and I've been listening to them a Which lot. Which so. Uh, don't ask me names, dog. I can hum you some shit. I don't ask me names of songs. I'm yeah, not that guy. I, I watched a, a YouTube video recently, um, just just filling time, and it was on about the 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 uh, poppiest songs that actually have really dark meanings and the killers mr brightside was on there i think it was like number two or number three uh is that the killers uh, or is that uh that, that is, is the killers isn't it yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you actually listen to the lyrics it's about a guy having uh, a mental breakdown and and being paranoid that he thinks his girlfriend's cheating on him sounds right and and the if number- you see the video you'll understand and the number one was actually Foster the People, uh, Pumped Up Kicks, uh, which is about um, a school shooting. Foster the People is a really deep band, though. Like, yeah. to be as poppy as they are, like, they got some good well, lyrics in there. So. They, they actually had a little bit of a, an explanation of how that song actually got released. They they uh, they st- sent it to the record company, and they, in, they purposely had, made, had it with the poppy kind of like uh, 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 upbeat music and they, they actually sung the the audio through megaphones to distort it uh, to see if they could get such a, uh, a serious topic past the record label and the record label just it just flew past them straight away and yeah it was a, it was about a kid going going mental and shooting up his school and and it absolutely got past all all the record labels. My favorite record label um, artist doesn't want to make a song story is Sarah Bareilles, and the song "I'm Not Gonna Write You a Love Song." The, literally, they told her you're only basically gonna be a, a person that writes love songs for us, mm-hmm. and she said, "Okay, fine. I'm go- I'm not gonna write you a love." And literally, the song is about her not wanting to write love songs, and I think it's hilarious. Yeah, and it was number a, one, a, and it's a big fuck you to the record level. Yep, but everybody got paid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe we'll give you uh, the midweek midweek mainstays uh, music episode. It's coming up mm-hmm. soon. 
I'm down. Okay, so last week Magsy gave y'all his Walter dominated <laughs> uh bowler or bop as we're calling it, the Battle of Pembroke Pines. Um I, I so was gonna, happy with that. I thought it, it was booked really well. It was booked fantastic, but I mean like Walter was in it, dog. Like what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's Shotsy like had saying, a great showing. Shotsy had a great showing. That's like saying if we did a bowler with with like people in the main roster and Roman's in it, like come on, bro, you know who's gonna be at the end. Okay, so I don't have them listed in the eight, but I I did like you. I did a randomizer, so I'm gonna break down. I'm gonna tell you my brackets, but I'm gonna do them bracket by bracket. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in my Largo loop bracket, I like that. Cool. I have. Uh, from NXT UK, I have Rampage Brown. Okay. I also have from NXT UK Mark Andrews. Ooh. Um, next Ooh, managed one by Welsh. one of one of the few Welsh I like. Hi, Paul. <laughs> not one of them. <laughs> no, he's number one. He's number one, two, three, four, and five. Um. <laughs> Next, I have managed by super manager extraordinaire Malcolm Bivens. I have Tyler Rust. Next, I have, speaking of Mr. Tali, our favorite female wrestler right now, Aaliyah James. Next, I have the, the Brian Kendrick coming back for one more run. Speaking of one... Spanky. Speaking of one more run, sixth in, in this bracket is Miko Satomura. Then I have uh, Asher Hale. I cannot remember what his name was in Evolve, but uh, you know, he's just kind of made his debut on NXT, but he's basically a performance center guy. And oh, what was it called? Uh, Alex Zane. Was it Alex Zane? Alex, Alex Zane. Good man. And uh, finishing this bracket is returning the Indian queen herself, Kavita Devi. Oh. Okay. So Rampage Brown. I have Rampage Brown beating Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. I have I have Tyler Rust beating Aaliyah James. I have Miko Satamora beating the Brian Kendrick. I have Kavita Devi beating Asher Hale. Oh. Big moves. Yes, which leads to I have Tyler Rust beating Rampage Brown. Oof, that's a big, big pick. It because Malcolm is making moves. I have Miko Satamore beating Kavita Devi. And in the Largo Loop bracket finals, Miko Satamore beats Tyler Rust and goes to the finals. It, I mean, it had to be, really. Had to be Miko. Yeah. Yep. All good there? What you think? Any questions? Any Anything? Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting you brought back uh, the Brian Kendrick and he jobbed straight away to Miko Satomura. <laughs> that wasn't but, the plan. <laughs> but when I saw the bracket, what was I supposed to do? No, but it's... Um, there's some good matches in there. I mean, Rampage versus Mark Andrews would always be a good match, I think. Um, yeah, that, that's a, 
the right person in that in that group of eight uh, made it to the final as well for me. I would have, I would have booked Miko Satomura to the final as well. Well, thank you. I feel I, I feel really good about that one. This one is going to be a little more fun. So first in the bracket, the coconut loop bracket. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Returning also from injury, she's. My other favorite Welshman, Tegan Knox. Will she make it through this event without getting another injury, though? I mean, look, that was a little cruel, but I'm going to let it slide because it was funny <laughs> and true. What, what <laughs> tournament has she, or even like multi-man matches, she ever made it out of without picking up an injury? Hey, you're right, but you know what, though? She keep getting them checks, though. Mm-hmm. Um, She... <laughs> She she already got the Steve Austin knee braces. I mean, she can't go no further, she's dog. She's about like 23 years old as well, poor girl. <laughs> she, she is so young. God, yes, it's crazy. Okay, so Tegan is first. Number two is Cocaine. Kona Reeves, the finest, is back. No, I still remember when he did... A promo saying how fine he was, and he had a grease stain on his shirt. I'm like, <laughs> how the fuck is somebody the finest when you look like a melted The Rock, <laughs> like a cosplayer, and you had literally chicken grease <laughs> on your shirt? You are not the finest. You are the worst, sir. You are the very worst. Even his, even his, uh, his ring gear didn't fit him. It was saggy. <laughs> it's hard to push that you are the finest when your hair has been dyed so much it, it looked like straw. Look, we're not going to stand for all this Reeves slander before Clive you know, pops up. It looks like, say someone has got, um, like, have you, do you have a, a Madame Two Swords over in, in the US where you have like waxwork? Yes. He looks like the rock waxwork has been in a fire. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I did this took a turn. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm yeah, too glad, into the bracket. Come on, I'm, man. I'm glad to see Connery's back. <laughs> oh, after all that, right? <laughs> chicken, chicken grease stain. Looks like the rock in a fire. You know, his hair is bleached so much it looks like straw. But hey, good on him for being back. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. oh. Kona, we love you. If nobody else loves you, Ray Cash and Cliver, Cliver, Clivert J. Cliverson, we love you. Ironically. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's very ironic. Third in the bracket is formerly known as Daniel Vidot. He is Zion Quinn, who I believe is going to be the new leader of the Diamond Mine. So I'm going with that in this thought process. Fourth is Ikemen Jiro. Ah, another great showing on, uh, on 205 Live this week as well. I haven't seen it, but it's on my list to check. That and stop the show. If you're not watching Mustafa Ali versus Ricochet on, on main event, 
All you AEW fans who talk about y'all watch Dark and Dark Elevation and Dark the night after last night and Dark, I know what you did last Dark and all these other Darks. Go watch <laughs> Ricochet versus Mustafa Ali. They are killing it on main event. <laughs> okay. So we got Tegan, we got Kona, we got Zion, we got Jiro. Rohan Raja from NXT UK. At UK. Uh, we have a personal favorite of mine, seeing that she's a reality of wrestling alumnus. We have Zaida Ramier, the queen of the, the everybody's the queen, the, the shooting star girl. How about that? Then we got some heavy hitters at seven and eight. We got Timothy Thatcher coming back oh. to the bola. And we Just got a thatch cam. Thatch as that toothless Timmy. I need a shirt. I need a Tooth of Timmy shirt, dog. I need one. And we're going to end it up with, from the way, Young Austin Theory. Mm. I mean, for me, there's a couple of standouts who who could win this uh, bracket, but let's see where you go. Okay. Um, I think you're going to see where I'm going. I think you think in the, the finals, for what I'm thinking, because we think alike. Um, Tegan Knox. Hits her shiniest wizard on the shiniest, finiest. Tegan beats Kona Reeves. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you said that, I'm rebooking the whole thing. Kona's winning it all. Kona versus Walter for for actual champion of Bop. Hey, you joking. Kona is a dead man. <laughs> I'd pay to see Walter versus Kona Reeves. I swear to God I would. I would I, pay money. I don't. I wouldn't. I, I'd stream it. So, you stream everything. <laughs> okay. I got Zion Quinn beating Ikimanjiro. Remember, I'm thinking Diamond Mine, okay? And an upset, I have Zyda beating Rohan Raja. And, of course, Timothy Thatcher is going to beat Austin Theory. No diss to Austin Theory, but this is this is Tim Thatcher. All right, then I have Tegan Knox beating Zion Quinn. Wow, I have Tim Thatcher. Shocking. Yes. Shut up, dog. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I got Tim Thatcher beating Zayda Ramirez, and like he destroys her. And in the finals of the Coconut Loop. I got Tegan Knox beating Tim Thatcher. I, I tapped Thatcher as well on purpose because I thought it's easy to see where you're going. I thought you were going just massive hard hitters. But obviously, you're going for an easy win for Mac Miko with a, a very injury-prone Tegan Knox. But... <laughs> oh, my God. Why are you such a hater, dog? <laughs> you, you are in rare form tonight. My goodness. <laughs> okay. Thoughts on that bracket real quick before I go to the third. Okay, yeah, I, I honestly did think uh, when you said uh, Timothy Thatcher and, and Tegan Knox were in there, they were the two standouts for me. Um, I thought Thatcher would have would have pulled it off, but I, I can I can understand why Tegan Knox uh, has won. She she's when she's not injured, and I'm, I'm dogging her, but I'm, I'm I actually have a lot of love for Tegan Knox. She's uh, yeah. so so talented. Um, yeah, so far you've got two really good picks um, with uh, Miko and Tegan Knox in the finals. be interesting to see uh, who beats them two. Well, you know, there's, there's only one more person to go in the final. Mm-hmm. So, in 
the performance center loop. The CWC crew. The CWC crew, yes. We have. And actually, all all eight of these people are on TV on reg- in a regular basis. So technically, this is the CWC crew. First, we have, hopefully, he's coming back for an encore. We got Rick Bugs. Okay. Bugenhagen. Bugenhagen. I love that name so much. The Germans got the coolest names because they got a whole bunch of hoops and hogs and, and I, I, you know, is it not? It sounds more Swedish than German, to be fair. Well, because I just I sounded like the Swedish chef from the Muppets just now. Gerda, <laughs> Gerda. <laughs> okay, number two is the Beast of Belfast, Killian Dane. Number three is the man who talks too much, Dexter Loomis. I love that character. I do too, man. He plays it with such... Here's a word for you, Max. He plays it with such a plum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you know what I actually realized recently? His music is ripped off from Stranger Things. It does. It, now that I hear that, I can hear it now. Yes. I knew it was from some sci-fi show, but I couldn't place it. Mm-hmm. Well done. Number four, returning... From injury again. This is the injury return. Night. This is your your uh, bop is full of cripples. <laughs> well, this man legitimately Zach was Gowan, is Zach Gowan in this bop rolling in on a wheelchair for Brock Lesnar to push him down the stairs. That's what we're getting as the final artwork. <laughs> Zach Gowan versus Walter. <laughs> oh, he killed him. That's that's a, that's a murder. That is a that's a a proper like Ooh. New Jack style murder. Ooh. That's a verified that's a verifiable kill. <laughs> no, it's Rich Holland coming back from injury. I think he's got so much potential. Uh, if he comes back as as um, as fit as he was before, I don't particularly like the gimmick so much. I think it it's a a very overplayed trope of him being like a, a peaky blander uh, but yeah he's it, it's it's definitely got huge potential got the look he's got some talent he needs more work he needs more seasoning but and if you keep him as the fourth man with Pat McAfee if he ever decides to come back even though he's got another job now but, smack dad yeah but I mean look we all uh, they have not broke up done Lorcan Birch is just governor got hurt. Yeah. So put the big man with as the muscle. It's a nice little, you know, it's a nice little group. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the OG of the bola, Candace LeRae is coming back. All right. Number six, we have you gotta say her name correctly, but it's a Aofi Valkyrie. How you say her name? That, that's Aoife, isn't it? A-I-F-E. That's Aoife. Aoife? Y'all motherfuckers over there. So y'all fuck up. Y'all, y'all metric system. Y'all got that screwed up. Y'all do this, the crazy Celsius, and now you're going to change letters? Aoife? <laughs> I mean, I didn't come up with a name, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at the word, the name Siobhan. It's got a B and a H in there. I don't know how. 
so confused. <laughs> so confused. Number nine is a person who I'd I'd like to see go long in one of these is, but it's Jake Atlas, very underrated. Mm-hmm. And and the last person in this bracket is, of course, the destroyer herself, Mercedes Martinez. Oh, Mamacita. Mamacita. Mamacita versus Big Mommy Cool. Check that out. Yeah. Well, y'all would have so, seen it by the time this comes out, but yeah, I think well, it's going to be the, great. The promos from last week's uh, the, the face-to-face promo between those two. Oh, that was such a good throwback. I really enjoyed that promo. And it didn't feel scripted. No, that's what I liked about it. It felt that like was, it was the really talking to each other. That were two Latino women saying, "I will, I'm finna drag you. I'm finna drag you." <laughs> finna, yeah. a, a wonderful word to hear. Uh, a middle-aged white <laughs> man from Burnley say, "Finna." <laughs> I told you, I'm down with the kids. Hey, man, I love it, bro. I love it. Okay, let's run through this channel real fast. Killian Day beats Rick Bukes. Dexter Loomis, unfortunately, beats Rich Holland. I almost went the other way around, but Loomis. I see, see both, but I'm, I'm happier that Loomis went through. Candice LeRae beats... Uh, I gotta... If I, if I call the other man Iggy... Okay, Valkyrie. <laughs> Tiny and Valkyrie. Merce- unf- right? <laughs> unfortunately... Mercedes Martinez beats Jake Atlas. I was hoping for Jake to do better, but he ran into a beast. Um, Loomis beats Killian Dane. Candice LeRae beats Mercedes Martinez. I know where this is going. Candice LeRae beats Dexter yes. Loomis. Um, the the triple threat finals of the Battle of Pembroke Pines is Miko Satamara. Tegan Knox and Candice LeRae. Okay, so now that's uh, if they ever did a baller with those three, that's three legitimate wrestlers who uh, you could see make it to the final. Um, be interested to see where you go from that. Of course, for me, there's one standout winner, um, but it's just what order do you put the other two in? So you're going to be disappointed. Okay, we'll see. Because Miko gets eliminated first. Yeah, so come first. She gets eliminated first because as we've seen with the history of Tegan Knox's performances, she is a very emotional character. Emotional person, too. But from a character perspective, she's very emotional. And her comeback and getting this far and her needing this win to kind of set herself back up for greatness her and Candace kind of get to a point where they make a deal that it's me and you, but we got to get rid of her because we know she's probably the baddest bitch in this entire game. Mm-hmm. And so, so Miko goes crazy and starts hitting the her own version of the Shining Wizard, which is even better than Tegan's. But anyway, she gets beat. Uh, she Something happens. Candace hits a wicked stepsister. Candace pins her. And here we have... Candice versus Tegan, OG NXT versus OG NXT. The the girl who gets turned on by everybody but keeps her smile versus the girl that got turned on everybody and turned on the world. Candice versus Tegan. Your winner of the Battle of Pembroke Pines, 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 is the most 
underrated and unappreciated wrestler in professional wrestling. Candice LeRae wins the bop. That's who I had as as pinned as who I would have had it as the winner. This is, I mean, there's been a massive deal about Candice LeRae finally getting some NXT gold uh, with the women's tag teams. Um, and her story in NXT has been Mrs. Johnny Wrestling. But mm-hmm. this is a this is a, a woman who killed it, absolutely killed it on the indie scene. She was scared of no motherfucker. She would take Walter and take those chops and chop that fucker back. Um, so I hope we get to see a little bit of that that Candice LeRae in NXT. But if not. Winning this uh this prestigious bop tournament is is <laughs> something she'll have on her resume for the rest of time. I think. I'd like to thank the chair shot for this prestigious bop award. <laughs> <laughs> Let me also say that part. So I I kind of knew where I was going once I once I saw the brackets, but this is also in a way, if I'm thinking from a booking standpoint, kind of a, a thank you and I'm sorry. For the fact that you, most of your entire pre WWE career is associated with Joy Ryan, so mm-hmm. like especially that company that y'all were in PWG, which was owned and founded by Joy Ryan. This is kind of like a let's make good and let's give you some respect and some credit, because nobody should have had to deal with what you dealt with. No. And and if if it was ever to come off that there was a baller and she was involved again, um, and- money. Yeah, absolutely. She and, she's universally loved in the wrestling world. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of having three women in the finals breaking through. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I liked that, even though they, I didn't give it to them. Like they won. Like if you looked at the tournament, the only one that you can say like, wait a minute, Tegan beating Tim Thatcher, but you know anything. Mia Yim beat Keith Lee in his final match. Like anything is possible. I mean, to be fair, she did have to carry. Uh, Corda Reeves to a match earlier, so she deserved to well, make the final because of that. That's our show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to continue to deal with this Corda Reeves slander. <laughs> Maybe we'll be back next week. Maybe. Um, you know, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, I had a blast. I know Mags had a blast. Tell us who's is better, what you liked. Maybe we'll maybe we'll book a full-on Candice LeRae versus Walter match. Mm. That would be That's fun. A, I mean, can you imagine he would chop her chest to pieces? Oh, he can't chest in. Easy. Yeah. Well, we could have you could have some fun by throwing the rest of the way out to kind of be goons and him beating them up. It can be fun. Um, we don't know what we're gonna do next week. We'll figure that out. Um, but yeah, we have enjoyed this and it's been fun to kind of, even though we talked a little news, to take a break from all the. The, the bullshit and just have some fun for once. Mm-hmm. Feel good. Um, tell them where you they can find you, Max. Okay, so you can find me crowing about Fulham's demise on wrestling and football Twitter at DAJ Kirby, um, where I am allegedly the big fish. So, blah, 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 blah. If I had to get that in to the episode. 
allegedly, do we have to just, do we have to, is this, is this like when... It's, it's actually, uh, it's picking up steam. I even got called Big Fish today by someone who wasn't even involved in that whole conversation. So, it, beautiful. It's spreading like, like wet wildfire. Like wet wildfire. Wow. I'm at this Ray Cash, R-E-Y-S and Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. I don't have a nickname. They just call me asshole. I don't like I don't like answering the that. Reverend. Oh, that's right. I, that was bestowed upon me. Thank you. It was. Yes, I like it too, because I'm actually a pastor's son, so it kind of fits. Um Yeah. Um anything else you got before we get out of here? You wanna wanna give the people some words of wisdom in big fishies? Okay. So um never ever eat yellow snow. Actually, good advice. <laughs> Always use your head. Don't piss in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> Thou shall not piss off the Dudleys. You know how you know all these other things you do. Yeah. Yeah. Don't piss off a woman. Yeah. Don't stay up. Yeah. Don't do a three hour podcast at three o'clock in the morning, or else you have to buy your wife a brand new car. Don't feed a gremlin after midnight. And apparently, from the commercial, don't feed a gremlin Mountain Dew. <laughs> and, and also, Fern Gully is not a good film. Look, okay, next <laughs> week, there'll be a new co host of your Midweek Mainstay for the last episode of the Thursday edition of Midweek Mainstay. Head you trauma guys, is no you guys more. Did not get to see how quick Ray's face changed. Then this this Ooh. is him. This is him shooting on a on a podcast and getting fired after the after half of the podcast. That's how much he was fuming at me then. <laughs> Boy, we was family too, man. Like, ooh, quite deep. Quite deep. Yeah, yeah, pretty deep, pretty deep. Almost as deep as the Mariana Trench that you, the Big Fish came from. <laughs> we out of here, y'all. Have a good night. Uh, tell, tell the people what they got to do again. You always should. First of all, no, go buy a T-shirt from Pro Wrestling T slash The Chair Show. But then, always use your head. See y'all next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.